Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to Tech Stuff, a production from iHeartRadio. Hey there, and welcome to Tech Stuff. I'm your host, Jonathan Strickland. I'm an executive producer with iHeartRadio. And how the tech are you? So in an episode last week, I talked about CPU architecture. And I mentioned that there are two primary chip design companies responsible for most of the CPUs on the market. And by that, I mean specifically processors for desktop and laptop computers. Now, that being said, there are some smaller chip design companies that are in that space as well, but the two big players are Intel and AMD. So I thought I would do a quick episode about the differences between these two companies and their products, because if you're ever building your own PC, then one of the decisions you need to make is, do I go AMD or do I go Intel? And uh, just a reminder, that means that, you know, this decision really does matter because motherboards, you know, the giant circuit boards that you plug processors into, they're only compatible with one of the two. Like they're either Intel compatible or AMD compatible. 
And even then, you also have to look for compatibility within certain families of processors. But you can't buy an Intel-based motherboard and insert an AMD CPU, and vice versa. And we'll talk about why as this episode unfolds. So interestingly, the companies are, are kind of siblings. That is, they, they both have the same daddy. Daddy Fairchild Semiconductor. And yes, if you're wondering if I wrote this episode right after my weird episode about logic gates earlier this week, I did. And I was still groggy and loopy, still am as I record this, and that's just how things are. So anyway, Fairchild Semiconductor was kind of the daddy to both AMD and Intel. And I guess that makes William Shockley the grandfather for both of these companies as well. Shockley was a co-founder of the Transistor at Bell Labs. And in 1955, he founded the Shockley Semiconductor Laboratory, and he recruited lots of super smart engineering students and engineers. And he was also notoriously awful to work for if reports are to be believed. So that led to an interesting situation. In 1957, eight of the employees of Shockley Semiconductor resigned altogether. And it was these eight that would then co-found Fairchild Semiconductor. This was a branch of a, a larger camera company that already existed, the Fairchild Camera Company. And this company had been looking into getting involved in the semiconductor biz, but they didn't have the know-how or the starting capital to just jump right in. So these guys ended up coming over and created that division for Fairchild and worked there. These eight men became known as the Traitorous Eight, though considering the types of stuff that Shockley was interested in later in his life, Perhaps the word traitor should be changed to eight guys who saw what was coming and got while the getting was good. Among those eight were two men who would later co-found Intel. They were Gordon Moore and Robert Noyce. But between Shockley Semiconductors and Intel, you still have Fairchild Semiconductor, right? So they're all working at Fairchild. And in 1961, a guy named Jeremiah Jerry Sanders would join Fairchild Semiconductor as an engineer he would later go on to co-found AMD. So anyway, before that, at Fairchild Semiconductor, things are plugging away till you hit 1968. That's when Robert Noyce and Gordon Moore resign from Fairchild and they go to co-found Intel. Sanders would then leave Fairchild along with seven others, so I guess another trader estate if you want to think of it that way, in 1969, and they co-founded Advanced Micro Devices Incorporated, or AMD. Early on, Intel focused on designing memory chips, not CPUs, which shouldn't be a surprise because the CPU hadn't been invented yet. Uh, we did not get the first CPU until 1971. And remember, Intel traces its history to 1968. The CPU actually came out of Intel. It was the Intel 4004. Interestingly, this was a side project at Intel because Intel's main business were these memory chips. But as a side pro project, some engineers were able to build an integrated circuit chip that had all the functions that we associate with CPUs. And so before that, all the different functions of a CPU would have to span across different components on a circuit board. Now you could have them all in the same chip. And that was huge, although also paradoxically very tiny because chips are not big. Anyway, it would take a couple of years for microprocessors to really take off, uh, but they, they sure as heck did. AMD, likewise, designed and fabricated memory chips, 
And once Intel got going with CPUs and other companies started to follow suit, AMD got a lot of business as a second source manufacturer. So a second source manufacturer is a company that secures a license to manufacture some other company's designed product. So NVIDIA does this model a lot and outsources manufacturing of its chips. And that makes sense because to manufacture chips, that requires a huge initial cost to build out the fabrication facilities. So companies like NVIDIA license that out to other companies. AMD would produce chips designed by other companies, including Intel. But the cooperative relationship between AMD and Intel was not to last. The second source manufacturing agreement expired in 1986. Uh, there was an agreement to share technologies that was a little more uh, lenient and lasted a bit longer. But Intel and AMD would kind of go their own way. Well, kind of. Because AMD started to reverse engineer Intel chips and then make their own Intel compatible chips. So they weren't licensed by Intel anymore, but they figured out how Intel's processors were designed and then were able to replicate that in their own facilities. Now, Intel created what would become known as the x86 chip architecture. The first processor in this family was the 8086, which Intel produced in 1978. This was a 16-bit microprocessor. I just did an episode trying to explain what that means when you talk about a, a system being like 16-bit versus 32-bit, etc. And we did talk about chip architecture last week. So essentially, that just involves the layout of the various components in a CPU. And that layout is partly what determines the chip's performance. Uh, you know, how much data it can process in a given amount of time, how much power is required to run the chip and how much heat the chip generates as it chugs along. All of that depend at least partly on the chip's architecture. The x86 architecture proved to be a very strong foundation for Intel. If you've been around for a while, you might remember IBM compatible computers back when we used to call, you know, PCs IBM compatibles because they were based off IBM's initial PC design. But you might remember processors like the 286 or the 386 or the 486. Uh, I believe when I was growing up, we had a 286 and then jumped up to a 486. Not immediately. Like we let that 286 last a good long while before we upgraded. But yeah, I remember using those computers. So the X in X86 is kind of like a variable in algebra. It represents a family of processors that all draw from the same basic chip architecture design. AMD reverse engineered the x86 architecture and began to produce its own chips that were similar to Intel's 32-bit 386 processor. Extremely similar. In fact, similar enough that Intel and AMD got into some legal scraps over this. The matter ultimately went all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court, and in 1994... Uh, the Supreme Court would weigh in. But yeah, before that, the legal decisions were flip-flopping. Some of the courts were finding in favor of Intel, some in favor of AMD. Uh, it got reversed by an appeals court, eventually gets up to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court votes in favor of AMD. Also, that wasn't the last time the two companies would clash at the Supreme Court, but I'll save that for a full episode focusing just on AMD, I guess. Now, for a long time, Intel's chips had a performance edge over AMD. So AMD was really focused on making chips that were more efficient. 
so they were less power hungry. They were also more affordable, not just in the price tag on the chip, but also because they were sipping less power, you didn't have to spend as much on electricity bills. And both Intel and AMD were relying on this x86 architecture. However, in 1999, AMD did something really shocking. They introduced the first x86 processor with a 1 gigahertz clock speed. Now, I've been over clock speed a couple times recently, but just as a reminder, the speed references the number of times the quote-unquote clock of the CPU oscillates per second. So a gigahertz processor has a clock that oscillates 1 billion times every second, and AMD was the first company to get there. And you could think of oscillations as being sort of the span of time that a computer has to complete a step in an operation. While AMD was only a year younger than Intel, it was this move in 1999 that really signaled that AMD was a worthy competitor to the industry giant. You know, it had been kind of trailing behind and, and riding Intel's coattails, if you want to look at it that way. But 99 showed that AMD was here for realsies. It, it meant business. Internally, AMD called this microprocessor the K7 because it was the seventh generation x86-based CPU that AMD had produced. But the brand name for the CPU was the Athlon processor. And the Athlon would end up marking a divided path for AMD and Intel. I'll explain how after we come back from this quick break. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. All right, we were talking about a divided path between AMD and Intel. So Intel processors had an electrical as well as physical orientation for plugging into a motherboard. And at the time of the Athlon processor from AMD, Intel's specifications were called slot one. AMD no longer had the right to license slot one technology. So that meant AMD had to choose a different specification for its chip to plug into a motherboard. This specification would be called slot A. So very confusing, right? Slot one versus slot A. Uh, You get the feeling that both companies were going for this so that no one had to be number two or B. So anyway, you had slot one for Intel and slot A for AMD. And the word slot is starting to lose all meaning for me. Mechanically, an AMD processor could fit into a motherboard that was made for Intel processors. And this was good for motherboard manufacturers. It reduced the hardship they would have to make motherboards that were compatible with each chip because the mechanical parts of the board could remain the same. However, electronically, the two slots were incompatible. So the contacts on the chip in slot one chips were different from those that were in slot A. So you could not put a slot A style chip in a slot one style motherboard. That would not work. And this would hold true over successive generations of Intel and AMD chips. The uh, the chips would evolve, as did the types of connections on motherboards. They got away from slots and into sockets. But anyway, the whole thing got started at this stage where the Athlon processor kind of went off on this next step. Because previously, you could put an AMD chip in an Intel motherboard because the AMD had been making Intel style chips. They were a second source manufacturer, but this time was now over. Both companies would evolve their technologies and the fork in the road would get wider over time. Generally speaking, there were some basic pros and cons that you could associate with the chips that the companies made over different eras of their, their existence. So initially Intel chips were more powerful and had higher clock speeds than what you would find with AMD chips. And then early on, AMD chips were usually a little less expensive than Intel chips, and they were more power efficient. So they were also gentler on battery life, which was important for things like laptop computers rather than, you know, Intel's processors, which because they were more powerful, required more actual power and would drain batteries more quickly. Over time, these things have kind of flip flopped a little bit. One company would end up focusing on power for a bit. The other one would start to optimize architecture and boost efficiency, and then the roles would reverse. So you can't just make a blanket statement of saying Intel processors are faster than AMD. That's it's more complicated than that. In addition, Intel's domination for a very long time was in single thread processing. So that's the kind of processing that a really powerful single core processor is made to handle. And AMD was focusing for a long time on multi-core and thus multi-threading processing. And 
for specific types of computer processing, AMD could outperform Intel. But in other types of processing, Intel beat out AMD. And again, these relationships have also flip-flopped over the years. Honestly, as both companies pushed innovation, the capabilities of their products began to converge. So they are different chips with different architectures, and they require different types of motherboards to connect to. But performance-wise, they're kind of narrowed in on each other. There, there's not that huge of a difference between Intel and AMD, depending upon which line of processors you're looking at. Uh, if you're looking at the very top of the line processors, then Intel has edged out AMD over the number of cores available, but then AMD holds the edge on more powerful individual cores. So Intel, the Intel Core i9-13900K, that processor, which is that's a heck of a mouthful, has 24 cores and has support of up to 32 threads and multi-threading. AMD's Ryzen 7950X has, quote-unquote, only 16 cores compared to Intel's 24 with the i9-13900K. But AMD's 16 cores can also handle 32 threads of processing, just like Intel's can. And AMD's chip runs at a higher clock frequency and greater cache memory than Intel's. So again, depending upon what your you know purpose you're using the, the chips for and what deals are available, that might really guide your decision more than anything else. So it's possible that the choice between Intel and AMD could really come down to your budget and the availability of specific processors and motherboards. So remember, choosing the processor determines what types of motherboards you can use. And if you go with an AMD chip, then you're going to need to make sure you get a motherboard that's compatible with AMD CPUs. It also will tell you things like what you need to think about when you're looking at things like, like power supplies. You know, obviously, this chip is not going to be the only component you're plugging into your computer. You're going to have lots of other stuff, including possibly a really powerful graphics processing unit if you're like, you know, an elite gamer type. And that in turn will also determine the type of power supply you're going to need in order to run your machine. So yeah, the differences between AMD and Intel from a performance standpoint really are hard to distinguish at this stage, especially when you're looking at, you know, specific price points and, and, uh, uh, processor capabilities because they're, they're getting really similar in output. And it really comes down to things like your budget and uh, the types of software you're planning on running on that machine. But that's that's really it. It's like it's not as it's not as cut and dry as it used to be where you would say, oh, if you're doing a lot of stuff that's going to require a multi-core processing, go with AMD. And if you want something that's really good for single threading, go with Intel. That's no longer necessarily the case. So it's a lot more complicated and, and nuanced than it used to be. Uh, although if you're just looking at how much does it cost, that can simplify things dramatically. All right, that's it for this quick episode about the differences between Intel and AMD. From a CPU standpoint, there are obviously lots of other differences between the two companies, but I just wanted to focus on CPUs because that's kind of what we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. I hope you are all well. Tomorrow we are going to have a classic episode of Tech Stuff, a really classic one. This one dates all the way back to 2009, so I hope you enjoy that. And I'll talk to you again 
really soon. Tech Stuff is an iHeartRadio production. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.